Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Good morning. So good to see all of you. Well, good. I'm glad one person's good to see me too. Hey, I wore my track shoes today because we're going somewhere. Is that all right? Okay. <laughs> hey, I want to say thank you so much for having me here today. I, words wouldn't express how I really feel, honestly. It's so incredible to be able to be here to speak with you and just to be together. It's incredible. It really is to be able to go away and to be able to minister the way I am, but to be able to come home. This is home, man. I did. I was here I never in my life imagined I would move away from here, first of all, move away from here, let alone to Indiana. That was not in my, uh, that was not in my view, but God is doing great things. So I honor this place. I honor this house. I honor the Beale family, the Duns, and I honor the Viskers today. Thank you so much for the privilege of being here today and for the heritage that I've been given. How many are thankful for the heritage you've been given? Amen? Yes. So in case you don't know, you know, I, I, in, my, in my tenure here, I had about eight different offices, and um, some of them were on this end of the building upstairs, and so I had a window that faced the funeral home, and regularly I would see a truck pull up that said Batesville Casket Company. Well, little did I know that I would be living across the street from the factory that makes these I didn't even know Batesville was a city or town. I had no idea. But that's where I'm at. And so I've got a little map to show you. Maybe this will help give you an idea where we're located. We're in southeast Indiana. This is, forgive me, this is just a screenshot. But if you see the blue dot in the middle, that's Batesville. You'll see Cincinnati in the lower right and Indianapolis in the upper left. So we're about halfway in between Cincinnati and Indianapolis, a little closer as you can see, to Indianapolis by about 15 minutes, or excuse me, Cincinnati by about 15 minutes. And uh, it's very uh, rural area. And um, in that town, just on the north edge of town, actually, the city limit sign is right at the edge of our property. And just north of our property, we have uh, where we minister, Church on Fire in Batesville. So I got a little picture of our, of our little building there. So this was formerly Batesville Baptist, but now Church on Fire Ministries down there, and um, it's it's super cool. And uh, here's the inside. That's where we were blessed. So last summer, uh, during COVID time, we were able actually to renovate our sanctuary, and we we were able to update it. It had not had the carpet changed or anything in over 20 years, and so we were able to do a little update. So it's turning out really cool, and it was fun to see people who had been at this campus before walking and go, oh my gosh, it's so different. It was really cool, it was fun. So that's it, and you know where I live, it's not uncommon to maybe see something like this happening and driving down the road. That's a common sight, but a lot of times, I don't know if you've seen these big, I think they're called combines, I don't know, David Ingstrom could help me, but they're the ones that I could drive my car under. They're so massive and they're so tall. I don't have a picture of it, but anyway. that's the stuff that's going on where I live. Actually, out my front window is a cornfield. Well, last year it was beans. This year it's corn. And I've learned since being down there that they rotate the fields due to the nutrients. So cool, eh? 
Anyway, and so um, you can see that. But uh, so I also wanted to let you know, if you didn't know, my son Jackson got married in May. I had the privilege of marrying him. So here's a picture of our new family. The, the little blonde on the left is my, my new daughter-in-law. Her name is Lily, and she is a little spitfire. She's four foot nine, but she lives like she's six foot nine. I'm telling you, she's really, she's really an incredible person, and we are so honored to have her. She's, a, she's, a, she's just a beautiful girl from North Kentucky. Yes, North Kentucky. Actually, where her family lived, her parents have just recently moved to North Carolina, but if you came over the basically the crest of the hill where her house was. How many have come from Kentucky into Cincinnati and you get that nice view of the river and the, all that? That was where you could see from where she lived. So that's where she grew up in North Kentucky and Newport and um, she's just an amazing, amazing person. So that's just some of the stuff. Our church has been going really great. We're seeing new people come in all the time. Uh, people are getting saved. Isn't that what it's about? People are getting saved and and coming into the kingdom of God. And so we are just truly privileged. And uh, I got a great group of family. So I- I'm going to say this. Um, I've, I've made friends there that, you know, you, when you're walking into the unfamiliar, you're not sure what, you're gonna, what it's going to be like. But honestly, the, the grounded families that we found, it, it was just like being here. I'm not joking. And, and I was able to bring a few of the guys up with me. Uh, earlier this year and, and, and had them an opportunity to see where I grew up and where I went to church and where I had the opportunity to minister. And I was telling people, I said, these guys are like they're from here. It's like we've made this connection and relationship and it's just been, it's been fantastic. We've been so well received and I'm truly grateful. And that led to the opportunity to, oh, and I didn't tell you this, but my son Jackson actually is our youth pastor. He went to leadership college and, and got some training and and it's had the opportunity to work with me. It's pretty cool uh, to do that. And so we're seeing our youth group grow, and we brought 11 of them up this week to share in the youth camp, and it was amazing to stand firm. They said in Exodus 14, 13, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. And that was the message that, that Pastor Noah and Pastor Jackson preached into these kids. And man, I'm telling you what, just to summarize it this way, when our kids were leaving yesterday, the Bethesda kids were running alongside the van while they were leaving. There was such a bond and a unity, and I can't tell you how much that means. Some of these kids that we brought up have never been out of our area down there. They're, it, it was just amazing. I'll just leave it at that. It was just incredible to see that and the bond that was made. They didn't want to leave so as I was saying, kids, come on, let's go. You got to get in the van. They circled up in a circle, and one of the kids started to pray just on their own. And he said, Lord, let their van break down so they don't have to leave. <laughs> so that's, that ought to just summarize it for you, what it was like. It was truly incredible. And, you know, there was strong relationships built, team competitions. And the only thing that you need to know about that is that mine and Taylor's team won and Matt Klug's team lost. So that's all you need to know about that. And um, we had the privilege of going down to Hope International Center. Randy Marin, who I knew from here, he's had kids in the school with my kids. He was pastor of a local church here in, in uh, Clinton Township that now is 
ministering to Syrian refugees down in Detroit. And we were able to go down and help them with their, with their facility and clean up. And we were able to help the neighbor next door and clean up his yard and stuff, which really needed it. But it was amazing to see how our kids responded. God is moving in our kids. It's awesome. There were powerful services. Friday night went for four hours. Service went for four hours, and two of them were spent, the kids, it was like open mic night, and they were sharing their heart. The band played the same four chords for two hours. It was incredible. <laughs> it was amazing. And I, I, I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to, to be a part of it. It really was. So today, our title is Something for Nothing. How many love Something for Nothing? Oh, come on, you liars. You all do. Well, I got good news for you today. Everybody know what the date is today? What is it? Happy Slurpee Day. Everybody gets a free Slurpee today. Tell them I sent you, okay? When you head out after service, all it's going to cost you is a little bit of gas, a little something for nothing, all right? So that's where, that's where we can go with that today, something for nothing, and we can actually say it's true. But we're going to go a little bit deeper than that today, all right? So Joshua 3 is kind of our theme scripture today. Giving these instructions to the people, when you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you've never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Let's pray. Father, I'm so, so thankful for you and for who you are and for the privilege to be in this house today. I thank you for heritage. I thank you for leadership. I thank you for the leadership that has come from you all these years, Lord God. And we, this house has been faithful to that. And so, Lord, I just, I thank you for the privilege to be here today. And I pray, Lord, that the words you've given to me will not just be words, but they'll be life to every single one of us today by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, work in us and through us as we receive your word today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. So today, three words, promise, process, promotion. Promise, process, and promotion. And all of us love the word promise and promotion. We don't like to deal with process a whole lot. True statement? Amen. <laughs> No way do we like to go through process. Why? Because it's more work. It's hard sometimes. We don't like to go through the process. I'll just tell you, it's nice coming up here, but sometimes we're just far enough away that the process of getting here is a drag. It's just a little under five hours, and it's close enough to be, oh, yeah, I can do that. But it's long enough to be like, oh, man, I got a five-hour ride. So I get to do that this afternoon. But anyway... The promise of God came to Moses, and we're going to use a very familiar story today, but I hope that you'll hang with me for a few minutes while we go through this process, and this is the, God, uh, the Israelites going through the desert. The promise of God came to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, 7, and 8, telling him this, then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out into their own 
fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. There it is. There's the promise. The promise given by God. How many know when he speaks, it's a promise? How many know when he speaks, it's a promise? Yes, it is. It's a promise. And it sounds great. But in today's society, I think we would be looking more for a land of coconut milk and stevia. Because we've got to have it our way, right? We've got to have it our way. But God made a promise it'll be a land flowing with milk and with honey. It's going to be amazing. And I'm not, today, I don't want to go through the whole story. I'm not going to give all the details because we know, we, most of us know the story that God then delivers the Israel people, right? So this process, though, that they went through was supposed to be about 11 days, right? This travel. So what I'm being told and history shows is it would have taken about 11 days for them to get there. But God wanted them to go through this process so that they could learn some things, right? How many know we need to learn things when we go through life? He said, I'm going to take you the long way, because if I take you the short way and you meet up with the Philistines, you're going to face a battle, and I don't want them to face that battle because they might just want to turn around and go back quickly. So I'm going to take them around the long way. But God, in fulfilling his promises, knew that they needed to be, uh, go through the process, and he equipped them for the process. How many are thankful for equipping for a process. So the Israelites were told this in Exodus 12. And he said, and the people of Israel did what Moses had instructed. They asked the Egyptians for clothing, clothing and articles of silver and gold. And the Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites. And they gave them or gave the Israelites whatever they asked for. And then I love this part. So they stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. This is God supplying the needs of the promise that he was going to fulfill. He's like, listen, you're going to go on a journey, but listen, I'm going to equip you with everything that you need. Gold, silver, whatever it needs. But in God, in his great, miraculous way, the Hebrew people were the ones that were in the struggle all their lives. All the Egyptians were living in great wealth, but God flipped it. In one thing, he caused it to happen in preparation for their process. And so now it's time to go through the process. They leave, and what happens? Three times in particular, they get into complain mode. And I have to stop a lot of times and think about myself. If I was in their same shoes, what would I be like? I probably would have been just like them. It's easy to sit on this side of the story and look back and be like, I'd have been good. I would have been like, no, this is a good thing. The Lord is with us. He gave us his promise. We're going to go forward. Come on. We are humans. We, we doubt. We fear. We struggle. We don't know tomorrow. So we, we run and we, we hide and we fear and we get worried. So three particular times, this is what happens. In Exodus 14, they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. 
Let us be slaves to the Egyptian. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. On another occasion, in Exodus 16, they said, if only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and we ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us out into the wilderness to starve us all to death. They forgot about the way they were treated, yet they had meat, they had good food, but they didn't remember all the other things or chose not to remember all the other things because the past is always better, right? No, because we complained then too, didn't we? We complained during the past. Yesterday was the past. We probably complained about something. In the situations that we go through, we always look back at it was always better. Uh-uh. God said, I'm taking you somewhere. I'm going to fulfill a promise, and it will be better than it was before. We can't be looking in the rearview mirror all the time. The third time, after finding out there were giants in the promised land, this is how they acted and responded. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Imagine, their voices rose in great chorus to protest against Moses and Aaron. If we would only died in Egypt, or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to a country to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves. They said, let's choose a new leader and go back. Three times through this process of God fulfilling a promise, of giving them hope of a land filled with milk and honey. But because like in our society, we didn't get it now, we're gonna complain the whole way. I did that this morning. I was able to stay at Barry and Linda's house and on the way here, I wanted to go to Starbucks. Don't get to Starbucks much where I live. So anyway, um, we do have Dunkin' Donuts and a great coffee shop called Amex Well. But anyway, I decided to go there. Well, guess what? The line was super long and it was taking too long. So I complained and left because I didn't want to be late also. But I mean, when it's taking too long in our microwave society, we get to complain mode. We're not grateful for the things and the opportunities that we have. We complain on the way there in the process. We go after this. But here we are now 40 years into this trip. They're standing at the banks of promotion. It's promotion time. And in Joshua 3, we read it already, but I'm going to read it again. Listen to this. Giving these instructions to the people, Joshua had all the elders and the leaders Go around, start telling all the millions of people we got following us to get ready. And he said, when you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them since you have never traveled this way before. They will guide you. You guys, we have got to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We have got to follow the Ark of the Covenant. We have to follow his presence. There's no better place to be than following the presence 
of the Lord. Do you agree? Amen? Yes. But it wasn't time to rest. It wasn't going to be, we're going through the Jordan, and now we can, we can uh, build our tents, we can pull out our lawn chairs, and we can uh, sip on whatever drink you want to drink, or, or we're going to sit around pots now. No, they had to go and possess the land. They had to go to work. Promotion was still requiring work. Even after the process, it was time to go to work. But where did they have to fix their eyes? On the ark, on the covenant, on the presence of God, because that's where we're supposed to go. And he warned them, hey, you gotta do that because we're about to go somewhere we've never been before. I was in this church in 2015 when Pastor Dunn stood up here and said, God's about to do a new thing. We had this cool wood wall that said new things on it. Anybody remember that? Oh, three of us, good. Anyway, all the people that built it, those are the ones that remember it. But anyway, we were coming out of winter into spring. Do you remember? We're God's doing a new thing. But sometimes it takes some time. I'm sure it took some time for those million people to get across the Jordan, right? It took some time for the water to recede. But they were standing at the banks of promotion. I believe that's where we're at today. We're at the banks of promotion in the church. So what about us? How does this relate to us? Things God has spoken into your life. What about the promises that God has made to you? You remember? What about to this house? What about the promises? Sometimes years go by and we forget, or sometimes we choose to forget about the things because it's like, well, it's been this long now, it's never gonna happen. Can we be honest and say that we felt that way before, one way or another? Yeah? Where's the promise? Where's the fulfillment? God, did you bring us out here just to leave us in this process? Did you, did you bring us out here to die? Where'd you go? You said you would. How many of us have said that back to God? You said, I said that. When God called me out to this place that I went and the year transition that I went through, I said that several times. I doubted, I feared, I questioned, but I could never deny the peace of knowing what God spoke to me. I couldn't deny it. Sometimes it takes time. The process can be hard. The process can be long. But what's happening? It's a building process. God is building us and equipping us with the tools, the gifts, and the talents that we need to go forward. And we can't get ahead of him. He's equipping us. He's given us all gifts and talents. He's not gonna allow you to go into some vein of of place that is something completely different than the gifts and talents he's given you to have or to to fulfill his calling. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know if I said that quite right. Yes? Some are called to be engineers. Some are called to be astronauts. Some are called to be preachers. 
Some are called to be musicians. Some are called to be custodians. Because it isn't just your occupation, it's what God's gonna do through you in your occupation. Because why? He's building his kingdom. He's not worried about just what you're doing physically, but he's gonna equip you and he's gonna give you the talents and things to go through the process to get where he wants you to be. Amen? So he's building us. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, and we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this is the hope, and this hope will not lead us to disappointment. Did you hear what I said? And this hope will not lead us to disappointment. We don't have to doubt and fear because his promise will be fulfilled. We get our humanity in the way a lot of times. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. So what are we doing with the process? Are we learning anything in the process? Have we applied the things that we've learned to get us prepared for what God is going to do next in us. Keep your eyes on the ark, on the presence of the Lord, on the Holy Spirit. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Pray in the Spirit. Read the Word because your promotion is here. But you have to take possession. It's going to be a battle. They went into battle to possess the land. They had to do something too. It's not, we, we make God so transactional. God, we need you to do this. And if you can do this, and then you do this, and once he, he fulfills your transaction, you're good to go on and do whatever you want. No, God is building relationship with us. It's not about transactions. It's about relation. God's a relational God. I heard... Um, Pastor Randy the other day say, that's the way it is in the Eastern world. They're about building relationships. That's what they do. That's how they live. In our world, we're ideas. We're going to do this idea, and we have this idea, and we go do, and we do our ideas. We're not good at building relations as, good, as, should, as much as we should be. God is a relational God, and we have to take possession. So what's our battle now? What's our battle today? And I believe, you guys, I believe this because of what we've been through this last year. God knew all about it. And I believe it was preparation time and is preparation, preparation time for the church. Because persecution is coming. Pastor Doug read uh, the staff. My pastor down there is Pastor Doug Combs. Maybe a lot of you remember him. Um, he read an email from a missionary to China just recently. Unfortunately, they're not able to be over there right now. They're home. But um, because of the conditions of the government handling the way that they are with the churches and bulldozing them over, and sometimes with people in them, the church is completely underground. You can't name one church in China or a pastor in China that some you know, big name. And I believe, you guys, this is the future of the church in America and in about big churches. And it isn't about the name of the pastor. 
it's only about one name. So get ready. Get ready. Because persecution is coming. So we have to prepare our hearts sincerely and um, intensely. We have to prepare our hearts. It's easy for us to go day to day. We're looking even now to get just back to normal, right? I told my congregation this recently. I don't want to go back to what pre-COVID was. You know why? Because it was a place of complacency in person and in church. It was a place of complacency. I ain't going back to that. I don't want to go back anymore to that. I want to unify. I want to come together and get the army ready for battle because battle is coming. And well, we can talk about maybe some different ways. Censorship. We're experiencing that, aren't we? Online, on Facebook or whatever. Oh, you notice? Oh, that's not available anymore. And it's against the Christians. The Christians. It's happening against us. Hate speech lawsuits are in action. The Equality Act is trying to silence us. The potential of losing nonprofit status for the church will matter. We're going to go through tough times. But if we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, he will show us the way to go. Because why? We're not going, uh, we're going somewhere we've never been before. God's doing a new thing. And it started back then. And it was preparation time. Are we paying attention yet? If COVID didn't wake us up, what will? We are going to go through, but listen to this in Isaiah 43. But now, O Jacob, listen to the word uh, the Lord who created, listen to the word of the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, listen, listen, everybody listen. Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you go through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Did you catch the key word? We're going to go through some stuff. But what's the promise? He's there the entire time. And he's not going to let us drown. He's not going to let us burn up. He's going to be with us. He already promised us. Let's not be like the Israelites in the process complaining about where we're at. Let's look forward to what God is doing because he's doing a new thing. And he's equipped us for what we need to do. He is equipping us. How many believe that to be true? Luke 4, Jesus requotes, or quotes, better said, Isaiah 61. And says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released. That the blind will see. That the oppressed will be set free. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. In the book of John, Jesus told his disciples, you've seen me do all these things, but you will do even greater things. 
So let's go through the list one more time. Bring good news to the poor. And we're not just talking about financial poor. Set captives free. Spiritual captives. People bound by different things of this world that are holding them in. And we know that list is long. Blind. Spiritual eyes will be open. We can do that. We can set the oppressed free. Why? Because the Lord's favor is upon us. As his disciples. How many are a disciple in here? Yes, this is for us. You can, you can raise it confidently. Don't be shy. If you're a disciple, be proud of it. So are we ready to go into battle? Are we ready to fight? But I'm telling you, we have to fight. And this sounds crazy. This is a complete oxymoron. Fight with love. How many know the world needs some love? The world needs some love, you guys. Not persecution. The enemy's doing a pretty good job of that on his own, and they don't even realize it. If we don't love them, who will? Jesus Christ himself said that. He said it to the Pharisees when they were badgering him about eating with Matthew and the other scoundrels. He said, isn't it the sick who need a hospital? So we need to be that people. We need to be the emergency workers. We need to be the ones ready when they come in to receive them and to love them, but not just in the hospital. We need to go out into the streets and do it. Church does open when we leave, right? We're fighting against principalities. We're fighting against rulers of darkness and trouble. So we have to do one thing first, and that's fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, will you stand with me and join with me? Because whether you're in Batesville, Indiana, or Sterling Heights, Michigan, or anywhere, we, the church, have to band together. That's what touched my heart so much about these youth this week. They came together like glue, you guys. They weren't worried about where they lived. They weren't worried about what church they went to. They came together. And I would say that they recognized the promise of God. And they were willing to go through the process, especially my church, because we drove five hours to come up here to a place most of them have no idea. But they received some promotion because of the prayers that you prayed, because of the prayers the parents prayed, because of the preparation made by the pastors because of the preparation made by the workers. And I got to just tell you, I got to know Stephen and Genevieve this week. Holy cow. If you don't know them, you should because your life will be different. These guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Stephen, oh my gosh. They're so incredible. No, you're supposed to go like this, not like this. You guys, so this is, this is where how I want to I wrap this up today. I'm going to ask these guys to sing, because what I want in our lungs, we know that the breath of God is representative of the Holy Spirit, right? So we want his breath in our lungs, so that as we proclaim his word, as we proclaim life into situations and places where we go, 
We're preaching life. We're, we're bringing hope. We're bringing love to people. As we're going through this process, even in ourselves, and we're maybe going through some struggles, God can use that. Right? To bring hope to somebody else. Maybe you've been there before, and you can speak life into their situation. All the earth will shout your praise. We want to shout his praise, you guys. So whether you want to stand where you are or whether you want to stand down here, this is going to be my prayer for us today. God, breathe your Holy Spirit upon us and unify us in heart and in spirit so that as we go from this place, we will affect change. And we will prepare our hearts, we'll prepare our minds in reading and praying as we're building the army here, ready for battle because it's coming, you guys. It's coming. I'm just gonna share this vision and then we're gonna sing. I I wasn't gonna do this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. (laughs) So the last weekend of March, we had fire conference at our our church for the youth and, and your youth group came down And Saturday morning, I was woken up early and was praying and reading the word, and it's already starting. (laughs) Just like the Allen family, I'll just say. God gave me a vision, and I was standing on a beach looking out at the water, and the waters were calming. And it was, raise the red flag. How many know when you're at the beach or the ocean, when the red flag's up, it's warning time. Raise the red flag. Because though the waters are calming, pay attention to they're receding. Because when the waters are receding, if you remember some of the tsunamis, the big ones that hit over in the other part of the world, they didn't realize, the animals did, they took off. But the people didn't. And that wave came in with a crush and wiped people out. And in particular, what the Lord showed me that day was that we've got to get to these young people now because if we don't, we're going to lose them. We've got to get to them now. And I was like, God, what do we do? What do we do? And it was like this. It was like an angel's wing went... And it was Psalm 91. Under the shadow of the Almighty, in the shelter of his wing, is where we need to be. But we do it together, and we can bring others in. My wife came out that morning, and I'm bawling my eyes out. She's like, are you okay? You okay? I'm like, yeah. God is, God is doing something, and I want to be ready. So as they sing this, if you want to join with me in prayer for us, for the church, for us as individuals, I want you to join me. But please, if you're not comfortable with coming forward, don't feel obligated. It's not like being in the room isn't good enough or something like that. Or if you're not around front, you're, you somehow are rejecting it. No, no, no. We're in this together. But man, when we come together, how awesome it is. Oh, Father, we come to you right now in this place. 
Lord, and I'm asking right now for a move of your Holy Spirit within our hearts. God, that there would be a cry in our hearts, that there would be a longing in our hearts, that there would be an urgency in our hearts, Lord, to respond, to believe that your promises are true and you will fulfill the promises that you've made. God, and you're equipping us even now, Lord, to prepare, to prepare, to prepare for the battles that are coming because I know, I know we're standing on the banks of promotion, but you're getting ready for us to go through this process of taking possession. God, we're gonna take possession of the land that you promised for us. And so God, we open our hearts, we open our minds right now to receive your spirit, to receive your leading. God, to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, no longer looking to the left, no longer looking to the right, but God, only looking to you, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. God, and you're doing a work in us, Lord God. You're doing a work through us. And so, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would just flood our hearts with your spirit, that your breath would be in our lungs. Lord, that your faithfulness and your truth, God, would be what we stand on each day. Lord, as we go forward, and I thank you for unifying us, our hearts. Lord, whether we're in uh, Batesville, Indiana, or Sterling Heights, or Rochester, or Romeo, or Cincinnati, or Harrison, or New York, or LA, or whatever. God, we need to band together with the brothers and sisters, Lord God, to fight this enemy that is trying to come against us, that wants to take us down. But God, we know that you're the victor. So we stand in truth and in faith to you, and we follow your way. Again, we fix our eyes on you, Lord, and know that the new things that you're doing that were spoken even years ago, God, are being fulfilled even now in our ears, Lord, and in our way. Lord, you've used this last year to begin to prepare us, to get us ready. We know that things can change in a moment's notice. Are we ready, God? So get us ready right now, I pray in the name of Jesus. We cry out in our hearts. Come on, let's just lift up a shout of praise. Let's begin to cry out to the Lord. Let's begin to invite him in. Come on, let's lift up. Hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah. Oh, God, we invite you in this place. We invite you in this place. We unify our hearts together in seeking you today. You, the author, you, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Oh, God, let your breath be in our lungs. Oh, bless your name. Bless your name. Bless your name. Bless your name. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. We cry out to you today, oh Lord. Move by your spirit, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes.
Amen. Amen. That is what you just heard from Acts chapter 2. Quoting the prophet Joel. And it was Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost. And what he said was a promise. Right? It's a promise. It's a promise. Might have to go through some process. We've got to work. No complaint. Can't complain. God provides the promotion. We've got to take possession. Keep praising him. That's another P. Take that P home with you today and keep praising him. If we have promise and we have process and promotion and possession, just keep praising him too. Let's thank Brother Terry for his word this morning from the Lord. Thank you. Thanks for the updates from your church. It looks amazing. And uh, listen, we listened. We listened, Julie and I, to your message. We did. But we had a couple of comments. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we just said, Terry's, Terry's comfortable. And it's, it's obvious you've taken possession of what God has led you to. And uh, yeah. So thanks. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you this morning. God bless you and keep you and uh, have a great, great week. We're grateful for all of you that have been here, any of you that joined us, even from Batesville. And I hope there was a few of you joining online. God bless you as you go. And again, thanks, Terry.